Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a podcast where we cover every single episode of the TV show Lucifer while praising the great parts and pointing out the bad parts and diving deeper than you ever knew you needed. Join us for the climax of the show, if you know what we mean. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena. And this is Season 6. Today we're talking about Episode 2, Buckets of Baggage. <laughs> and oh boy, the German Amazon was weird as hell this time. Yay! So I'm gonna start us off with my summary and then I'm gonna shame German Amazons. Just a bit. <laughs> It's my favorite thing. While trying to help someone he doesn't care about, Lucifer ends up helping Ella, caring and helping about Carol, praising Linda's skills and totally overlooking the fact that Chloe seems to be strung out and then just got recruited by an angel with literal knives in her wings. Yeah. So the title is the same in Amazon, but Lucifer is teaming up with a brilliant new female detective to prove that he is ready to be God due to showing that he will help a stranger he does not care about at all. They also changed the spelling of Lucifer from L-U-C to L-U-Z, which is correct in German, but they've never spelled it that way because the show is literally spelled with a C. Who's the female detective? Carol! When someone writes it and doesn't watch oh the show, god. they are not aware that Carol is a man. Oh my god. So, yeah, Amazon really dropped the ball here once again. That's actually <laughs> hilarious. So, that's it for the summary this time. Wow. So, obsession of the week. I was trying to word it simply enough, so I end up going with one word, and it is caring. Oh, I thought it was not caring, because he oh. already cares about Chloe, and the purpose of this oh. episode is help someone he doesn't care about. Yeah, I thought that he's trying to find a way to care about everyone in a way, so he can be everyone's god. I thought it was about helping people he doesn't care yeah, about. Yeah, you're probably right because then uh, Chloe does suggest that as a solution that he can like just start caring about everyone and he's very unimpressed with that. Yeah, so I was going with not caring. Yep, yep. No, I'm gonna have to let this one go. And have you declare you the winner of the obsession of the week? Hey! Congratulations, I don't admit <laughs> that very often. I know, but this also puts us at only one out of two agreements. Oh no, what a terrible... 50-50 is pretty much our default, so I'm not worried. Let's get into the facts and funs and very matchingly with the episode, because the episode seemed extremely short and not full of stuff to me as well, we have very few facts and funs. We have fourth-time director Richard Spade Jr. Previous episode was a little harmless stalking. This is his last episode. And we have Six-time writer Jennifer Graham Imada, previous episode was A Little Harmless Stalking, and this is her last episode. We've talked about it, actually. I don't know why I thought that Rich is going to be back with an episode that he wasn't supposed to originally di direct, but no, I guess, I guess I heard wrong. Yep, that's it with this pretty great duo, actually, because yeah. when they worked together so far on the show, it was always really good. And this episode isn't bad by any means. It just felt... A a little um, substance less to me, but we're gonna get into that. The title is said by Ella, which puts Lucifer at zero out of two episodes. Wow. 
And I'm going to make a hopeful assumption because in the summoning episode, I think it was, or in one of the last episodes, I said that the less self-centered and self-absorbed Lucifer becomes, the fewer episode titles, he says. Mm. And so... I say he's going to have, at most, three episodes titles. Yeah. I'm going to put that out here now. I'm going to go ahead and say that he's not going to have any. Ooh, that would be even more impressive. But I can't, I can't imagine they would do that. But I that know. Would be I know. Pretty awesome. Yes. The last fact I have this time is completely stolen from IMDb because I have not watched the other show. The apartment where Carol is being held hostage is the same apartment used as Buck's apartment in 911 from 2018. Oh. oh. And I have not watched that. I haven't gone that far. I've only seen the first season and he you don't get to see his apartment, but he's hot. Okay, so Carol is being held hostage in a hot person's apartment. Yay! <laughs> 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 and yeah. that's it for the facts and funds. I'm sorry. There is nothing else. That's all right, because now we can get straight into the previously on Lucifer. Yes. Ella was going out with Pete, who turned out to be a serial killer. Dan tried to set her up with his friend Carol, but ended up in hell before he could actually smash them together properly. Mace and Eve are engaged. Linda is still a therapist. Lucifer won a war to be a god with a little help of everybody else. But Chloe died during the battle, so he had to go save her. And now she has Amenadiel's rod, which gives her super strength. Wink, wink. Amenadiel's rod is such a bad term. I know. It also transitions us perfectly into scene one. Yeah. Because this first scene is so full of all the innuendos and double meanings and not perfect, but absolutely perfect word choices. And Amenadiel's rod, definitely one of the first and best ones. Well, one of the first for sure, but the very first thing that we hear is a song called Way Too Good by Night Panda and Beginners. So yeah, it starts there. It starts with the music and then it goes on with a lot of other audio clues. They completely wrecked the entire apartment. We get the Amenadiel's rod being dropped, which just broke me. And of course, perfect timing. Amenadiel, speak of the devil. (laughs) Speak of the red. Lucifer is like, can you knock? And Amenadiel, thank you. He points out your door literally is an elevator. There is a no knocking. Indeed it is. And then he says a massive, massive callback to the pilot. Yes. He says, your return to heaven has been requested. And perfect. thank you, Lucifer, for clocking that as well. I screamed out. It's very self-aware. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they know how to do that. They're very good at being self-aware. And of course, we still have to wrap this scene up. Half cocked, fully cocked. It's everything cocked perfect. And of course, Lucifer gives us a perfect not lie because when he says he knows exactly what to do he does know exactly what to do just not in the context they think he means indeed well it was in a context that i was hoping for so me too not gonna lie when we got to the next scene and we see linda's office i was very giddy and happy because it's been so long i don't even remember when's the last time we saw linda proper therapy actually therapy okay morning therapizing hours. therapizing lucifer that just sounds wrong when's the last time we saw lucifer being in therapy with linda pretty sure with his dad hmm. no uh when dan is dying when dan dies 
Oh, but was that a therapy session or was it just him being super angry? It was in her therapy office in their Fair. usual setting. So I would say that was the last time they had therapy. Okay, in that case, it hasn't been that long, but it's still... It feels super long because I also ages. called this scene therapy finally <laughs> in all caps. And so he talks to Linda and Linda is very good at her job, which I like that she's owning this. She's realizing this mm-hmm. because... She has struggled a bit with her self-perceived worth and uh, relevance as a normal human therapist. So it's nice to see her realizing her qualities and everything. But of course, it would not be Lucifer in therapy if he didn't misunderstand her and get the wrong conclusion. But still, like she says, it's not the worst he could have gone with. Yeah. As I've written down, Linda brings all the answers. And of course, Lucifer takes out of it what he wants. Lucifer has selective memory and selective hearing. I watched At World's End yesterday and Gary King, the main character, has extremely selective memory and selective hearing because he's a fucking idiot. And Lucifer is very much like that in this regard. But that's all I have for this scene. And this is actually something that's going to be all throughout this episode. I don't have much to say about most bits and pieces. Uh Well, we'll see how we go, because I have too much to say to some pieces and to to some scenes, (laughs) and I have very little to say about other things. We'll see how it goes. For example, in the next scene, I focused, and this is the moment when we go to the crime scene, we get a song called Hands Out, Head High by Berserker. I can't pronounce that properly. I'm sorry. It's written in my notes. Sure. Anyway, so we get at the crime scene, it's a movie theater, and we get to see it's the show in Super Cup, which... Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh. I was wondering, was that a real movie? As far as I'm aware, yes. Okay, because I'm not versed in these kind of movies, so I just wanted to check with you. But this is the moment when we get the camera and the way Ella and Carol are standing against each opposite opposite of each other, and we get to see them from the ticket office. I was like, oh, this was directed by Richard Spade Jr. <laughs> Literally at that moment, I stopped it, went to check. Uh, sure, I was right. So thank you, Richard for being so obvious at this stage. I just can't unsee it. Once you see his style, you just can't unsee it. And it's beautiful. He does know how to do his work. Yes, absolutely. And Paintings. the shooting is great. Paintings. We've talked about this before. I know, I know. Carol being very, very charming. Ella very strongly not trying to fall for him, which is helped by the fact that she most likely has PTSD from Pete. And there are flashbacks and everything. So poor Ella, we feel for her. I mean, we know that she is in therapy and all but it still takes time to heal from something that horrifying but we don't get to dwell too long on the two of them because Lucifer shows up pushes Ella out of the way literally saying out of my way I care about you which is so adorable it's so good I love it and Carol is so not here for it to suddenly have Lucifer's attention yeah I mean he doesn't know him he doesn't know what to expect from him and honestly his only proper experience with him except for the funeral is the, the last episode last episode where Lucifer was extremely obnoxious and broke several laws and also was the main suspect for a while also was the main suspect so I understand why Carol doesn't want to have anything to do with him because he seems to be like a very straight cop if you know what I mean yeah and Lucifer is very intense and over the top and Carol just seems 
very calm. Yeah, he seems to be very centered. I like that about him. Yeah, Carol really grew on me mm. over the course of this episode. Yeah. I'm not fully on Team Carol yet, but I'm getting there. Yeah, which, you know, the next scene definitely helps with that because we go to the precinct and Lucifer is trying to convince Carol to accept his help. And he uses his powers on him, which is something that we haven't seen in a while either. And also, which we haven't seen even longer, is someone being able to withstand on the first try. So just like Dan, he's a complex one. They have so much in common. Also, he doesn't drink coffee. He doesn't drink alcohol. So what does he drink? And this, of course, is the first Water. hint that the whole no well, alcohol, dry alcoholic everything. Which is something that I didn't actually realize until now at this very moment that this is actually pushing us towards the solution that we're gonna get at the end. Yeah, it's really well done like with the tiny hints in the beginning. I like Mm. that. Mm -hmm. But we also get the information that he has gone 15 months without sex. Ella chooses to ignore everything she overhears when she comes up in the worst possible moment. Which is very fair. But before we actually get to Ella, as we have said, Lucifer does use his powers on Carol. And what comes out of him is actually really, really lovely. It's sweet, yeah. He is the ultimate sweet nice guy he's the real nice guy not the yeah. nice guy but he's mm-hmm. the sweet wholesome dude yeah. who wants a happy life together with a special person exactly and I love the idea of this person being Ella because I think that that is exactly what she needs and also it is what she wants and it is what she thought she had with Pete not Dave so Who's Dave <laughs> I don't know it's okay early. Dave Dave the other serial killer that Ella dated. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, awesome. that's the one. But like I said, Ella walks up in the worst possible moment. She reacts in the best possible way, of course, with the, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm just gonna leave. I love her so much. She is so confused. Also, the entire episode, she looks like a deer in headlights because she's trying so hard not to fall for Carol. And this is actually really impressively done by Amy because it shows constantly in the entire episode that she's physically holding back to not fall for Carol. So props. Yeah, it is incredible. It makes me very, very happy. Also, she comes in there and she's like, oh, I just solved the case for you. Again, she comes in with clues. And I was just wondering at this point, like, what what did they do before Ella showed up? She wasn't theirs from season one. How did they solve cases? With Lucifer's mojo and Chloe's tenaciousness. Ugh, that just sounds wrong. It's so much <laughs> easier to have somebody who's actually good at this. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not easy to get people who are good at their job. We end up this scene with Carol being very, very, very clear that he does not want or need Lucifer's help. But of course, yeah. Lucifer doesn't care because he never cares. And we have another perfect transition, of course, because... Ella needs help and she goes to Chloe to get it, which is very sweet. And yet again, we get a nice twist that allows Chloe to still be some kind of detective without being the detective. Mm-hmm. We go to Chloe's and in this moment, when I was watching the first scene, I was like, hmm, Chloe seems to be supportive of Lucifer, but it rings to me a little bit like she is projecting a little bit as well, that she is so worried about what's going to come next, but that she's not really pushing him to solve his issues because she's comfortable where she is. Suddenly, because she used to push him, yeah, that it needed to be resolved. It felt off 
off a little bit and now yeah. we go to her apartment and she seems to be really supportive of him which again it's a nice thing but also there is a little bit of a hint of something else in it and I just couldn't put my finger on it at this moment just yet we're gonna get back to that feeling mm. later with Mace but just wanted to point out that these little seats and hints were already put yeah. in earlier so uh, again as you just mentioned about Ella and Amy Garcia being amazing we can say the same thing about Lauren German because it just kind of is in there even though you can't really identify it but it's really not because there's nothing to be there yet I don't think with Chloe I feel it's more in the writing that already something is weird because she used to push Lucifer that he needed to solve whatever lingering issues he had in the last episode that she wanted him to like okay we need to end the honeymoon that has already gone on for several weeks and now this episode she is all oh no and Lucifer always gets it done in the end don't you worry like she isn't actively saying oh no take all the time you need she's insinuating it very heavily yeah yeah she's very much like he's got this and there's no need to rush him he's gonna get it done because he always gets it done which is very unchloe it is but also it makes sense in a certain way because she is out of her usual environment and so it would be understandable if she changed a bit but it just gets worse and worse over the episode with the different moments with Ella I feel there wasn't as much in the writing to make it obvious but it was fully placed on Amy Garcia's shoulders mm. Lauren German got at least some lines Hint. to yeah. support it without yeah. just having to act it I mean she also acts the hell out of it no disagreement there fair but yeah Ella comes in and she asks Chloe for help and she is so quick to jump on every single little detail <laughs> he picked up my bag <laughs> He picked up my back and he likes kung fu movies. And then she goes, he clearly is lying to manipulate me. I mean, what are the chances we both like the same thing? It just hurts so much to watch that. But Chloe is so great with, well, you like pretty much everything. So it's very easy. Ouch. I mean, that's another point that Chloe has. And it's an excellent point because it's completely right. But also watching Ella go through this, it's just fucking killing me because I don't want her to be in pain. Since I know that in the end of the episode she isn't in pain anymore I didn't suffer through it as much but I remember not being happy when I watched it for the first time mm -hmm. speaking of suffering when we go into the interrogation I felt with Carol because he suffers in this interrogation scene with Lucifer being the voice of God I love that as we go on to the next scene we get a song called Rise by Caxton I'm sure that's how it's pronounced I'm sorry dear listeners we're recording in the morning which we have never done I think we've done it once and it did not go well I don't think we've ever recorded in the morning morning like Vero needs to go to work after this and I need to go to lunch with my family oh, so God. this is Sorry. weird as hell let's keep going my first note in this scene is literally I love Lucifer being the voice of God in yeah. the interrogation and just laughed so much and then he calls himself a voice of God and I'm just like this is perfect he is me he is in my brain I love that I love that Lucifer is very Lucifer in this moment and it's perfect. And because he is being very Lucifer, he also ends up being useful by accident. Exactly. Which is perfect because he has the information. He recognizes certain name drops and everything, just like he did when he worked together with Chloe back mm -hmm. in season one before they had Ella and actually needed that. <laughs> and he is actually being so annoying that he's annoying Carol into being a better detective. Yes, which is also nice. But Carol is also very clear that he does not want Lucifer around. 
It just doesn't change anything because that's not how it works with Lucifer. Exactly. Next thing that happens here is the name drop and Lucifer goes, oh yeah, she works at Hamburger Mary's. I love that Carol admits to that Lucifer actually helped him, even though it's kind of like, oh, so you helped me, so now you can leave. This is the moment where we move to the records room. And we've been there before. Have we? I'm pretty sure we have during some sort of an other case that I don't remember. Also, it looked more like the evidence locker and I was so confused why Carol's file would be in the evidence locker because there are bags with like the red text Mm -hmm. that usually read evidence Yeah. so that was really really weird the only thing I actually have to say in the scene is rules are rules and are made to be broken you say that but this is not a motto that Chloe normally lives by so I was like not good what the fuck Chloe this is a red flag for Chloe but I'm gonna hand over the rest of the scene to you there's not much else to add because main thing that happens here is that we are openly now going against what Chloe normally is. So this is the first obvious choice that she makes that is not her. Yeah, this is the first clear red flag. But I'm gonna let the scene go for now because I can't wait to get into the next one, which is at Hamburger Mary's. And when we have the camera transition over there, we see a Lieutenant Diablo billboard! We do actually I forgot to write that down but I noticed that <laughs> but we also get a song that is by obvious choice and it's called I'm a 10 the band is called obvious choice it, the, the band is called obvious choice that is an amazing band name okay it's nice great continue on so the first thing that we get to see is Katya as receptionist genuinely one of my favorite queens on, uh, on drag race so I was very excited and poor dear Carol is so confused. He is so not used to getting hit on by drag queens. But he gets along really well with the, okay, this is the drag name. This is the everyday name. He catches on really well and he is surprisingly stable with the lingo. Yeah, my guess is that he is genuinely just written into this scene as somebody who is going to translate for people who are not familiar with this which doesn't necessarily mean that he's not smart or that yeah, he can't no, catch he's, on. he's doing good. He's doing good. So after we meet Katya, we meet Niles, who is basically the manager. Mm-hmm. And we have the conversation happening and everything. But then it's time to open the show. Yay! <sighs> I remembered that Bob the Drag Queen was busty and it made me so joyful. I love Bob the Drag Queen so much and this song is incredible and it must come to no surprise to anybody that this is the song that I chose for my Devils in the Music. I do hope that your Devils in the Music helps me like this more because I don't like the song, I don't like the lyrics and I'm not a great fan of this performance neither from Lucifer nor from uh, Bob in this setting. Interesting. Well, I really hope it will because there are some really interesting facts about this song that I didn't know before and I actually ended up going a little bit deeper than I would normally have. So we'll see if it changes because without having the context of your research, this song and this performance felt lacking somehow compared Mm. to everything else we've seen on the show so far. Fair, fair. I see where you're going, yeah. Also, Bob as Busty, I get it with the whole, oh, he's trying to be a look queen now and everything. But I remember Bob performing 
And Bob is a fucking powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And so it felt weird to have Busty be not as powerful as I am used to Bob being. Especially since mm. Busty describes herself as, well, I used to be a comedy queen, but now I'm trying more for a look queen. I was missing the, the high level energy. And mm. I was also missing it from Lucifer. And so... Hmm. This all felt a bit lacking. Okay. I actually enjoyed it and I feel like it must have been so much fun to shoot. So oh yeah, I de- would definitely. <laughs> love to hear some stories. Oh yeah. When Busty lifts up Lucifer at the end, it's so fucking funny. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it kind of gives you a little hint of actual Bob. Yeah. And that's why I like that part, you know? I love Bob. I didn't like Busty. Maybe that's my issue. Yeah, maybe that's your issue. Because Bob is a, is an actor, actress, actor. We're going the non-gender thing. And the way Bob's presented in Drag Race, she is an incredibly funny queen. Incredibly funny. And exactly. very cool and very strong personality. I mean, Loved Bob her. won her season. Um, yeah. You're right. There is a reason for it. Yeah. I have no shade for Bob. I have all the shade for Busty. See? And there we go. We got to the bottom of it. It's all Busty. We got to fault. the Busty. No, um, sorry. <laughs> so Carol, obviously not a fan of Lucifer being once again involved, inserted, uh, engaged in this. I'd say that Carol, in a way, enjoyed the performance. He just rationally doesn't, yeah, doesn't agree with Lucifer being back. So we very, very quickly cut back to Chloe's apartment where Ella and Chloe go through all the files. And this is where we learn about uh, Carol was two years undercover and he has a gap year that is not explained in the documentation. So, ooh. This is kind of this thing where I know that this is supposed to be kind of funny and like we want to kind of see them snooping, but the fucking fear in me, the fact that you have police officers using someone's personnel file to snoop on them. You mean abuse of police power happening in front Mm -hmm. of our eyes and it be played for loves and not taken as a severe breach of confidentiality? Mm Mm-hmm. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I just wanted to mention this because I know that this has been done on TV shows so many times. And I also feel like not everybody realizes how big this offense actually is. So, you know, I get it. It's... It doesn't actually harm anybody in this case, but this is not okay. And I just wanted to say that. This is a thing in most copaganda shows where you have the cops breaking laws that either make something better for everyone in the end or save someone's lives because they broke a law or it's just funny and nobody gets harmed. So this is something that happens a lot in propaganda shows. And I feel like Lucifer is one of the least offensive propaganda shows because they yeah. do try to at least sometimes acknowledge some of the issues. But it is still a propaganda show. It is still, yeah. oh, police, so cool, helping people, wow. <laughs> Hunting things. So, uh, yeah. And maybe, maybe when we are done with Lucifer the show, maybe I do a longer Devils in the Details about propaganda shows mm. just to wrap it up. 
Unless our yeah. next project is also a propaganda show, then I might save it for the next show. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but, you know, I understand that this is not as bad as you might think. It's not as harmful, I'm going to put it that way, in a, a way of it's not actually physically hurting anybody. It still can be fucking harmful depending on whose information you are exactly. So this specific case might not be uh, the worst, but it's definitely not a good principle and I just wanted to point that out. It's just going to get worse with the invasion of privacy oh, on Carol's yeah. end. So I mean, to be fair, I actually think that it's less problematic for them to break into his apartment and snoop around than to go into a police station, steal his personal file and go through that. Yeah, I'm with you there. So we go back into the bar and Lucifer is helping out with some of the lingo because mm-hmm. Carol, like you said, is the audience stand in. We need to have him there so people who are, have not watched 500 seasons of Drag Race can <laughs> understand, understand what is being said. I mean, drag has become very mainstream compared to earlier times, but it's still not, not, not everyone is as well versed in the lingo. Well said. At this point, I just started writing because, sorry, Basti goes on this massive monologue about, you know, her journey and accepting herself. And it's something that speaks to Lucifer. Obviously. Oh, yeah, he's projecting so hard. It's like you can read his, you can yeah, see it like in his, his face. face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's so good. Tom Ellis kills this. Oh. That being said, everything that comes out of her mouth is pretty amazing. So I just written down a lot, a long quote. So... Halt to your horses, I will go read. Everybody sees drug as this pinnacle of self-discovery. That once you've found this word, this life, that's it. You're supposed to be this fierce idol that got it all figured out. Godlike. And this moment, Lucifer goes like, what? It's like ears on a dog perk up. <laughs> <laughs> Owning oneself down to the last manicured nail. But confidence is a work in progress. I mean, when is everyone's chicken ever fully cooked? You know what I mean? That is actually a really, really great part. When is everyone's chicken ever fully cooked? It's something to live by. And then he goes on. I think I was holding myself back because I was afraid that, well... That if I put too much effort into being a pretty queen, which we could replace by into being a god, that people would laugh at me and not in a good way. But if we're going to change the world and hunty we are, queens like me got to work on facing all our fears and knowing we're enough. Again, we could replace queens by God, and we have literally Lucifer's situation. Absolutely. And this is what he hears. He's listening, he just doesn't have a solution yet. So we're gonna have to wait and see how he works through with it. But also, he wouldn't be Lucifer if he got distracted too long to not be distracted from his other distraction, because, (laughs) haha, he can also try to hook up Carol with Busty. But no, no, no. Dusty has a long-time partner, so that's a no, honey. That's lovely. I love how he just... He doesn't care about, you know... This is what I love about this show. It's not like, oh, I'm sorry, Carol, are you gay? So I can, like, introduce you to this to this man or whatever. No, he just goes on and says, oh, Busta's a beautiful queen. You'd love her and just goes for it. I think that's because Lucifer doesn't yeah. differentiate. Like, it, it literally makes no difference for him. And I wish the show would have... Yeah, but I wish the show would have given us more of that for Lucifer in the past. But I've complained about that. True. 
Yeah. It's been a while though. It's been a while. Because he is now in a monogamous relationship that is based on love with Chloe. So obviously there are not many other opportunities. Mm. But it fits to the supposed orientation that Lucifer has that he doesn't make any difference. And so obviously he's like, what about Busty? And also what about Katya? Yeah, <laughs> so, they're, they're right there and they, you know. I keep saying Katya because I didn't see a name for the receptionist. I, yeah, so I, don't think I just there was keep a name. saying... Yeah, so I just keep it's saying Katya. Katya. It's Katya, it's fine. Then he starts asking more questions about this uh, woman that Carol is thinking about. And Carol is literally starting to describe Ella. And I'm like, is he doing it subconsciously? And then turns out he's actually doing it very consciously, which I'm there for. I'm very happy that Lucifer actually caught on. Yep. And of course, because he caught on and now he knows Ella, obviously, and he knows her type let's call it that, he thinks he knows, this was going to be a hilarious disaster and I was there for it. I was not there for it and I was very apprehensive for it, but it was obvious there's a makeover coming and happening. But before we go to the makeover, we go to hell. Ooh. Once again, we see the shoes first. Mm-hmm. We will this time see more than the shoes, but we do that with a great song by Baseline Drift called Pull me under. Nice. So we see the entire outfit and then finally the face is revealed. She is walking around through hell and everything. And there's the demon trying to get her to go away because she's not so relentless. She pops out her wings. And not only has she an absolute beautiful color for her wings, but she also has fucking knives for feathers. She has blades for feathers. And that is just, I mean, if that isn't the most goth thing you can have together with the outfit she's wearing this is just this is the classic teenage goth i'm so edgy been there done that when you wear like it's the it's the same thing to wear these like long spiky metal spikes ha spiky spikes the long metal spikes on your collar or your belts or your wrists and shit because you're so fucking edgy and she doesn't need those because she has blades for feathers because she's so edgy and i'm here for it i don't I don't think I actually clocked that those are blades until um, you have later the in the, you have the yeah, reflection I, on everything. I don't and think the I noticed sound. it. I think I think I was so uh, starstruck by Brianna herself that I was like, oh my god, she's so cool. Her Can wings you, make the sound of unsheathing a knife when yeah. they flop out. Which I know now, but I don't think I noticed that when I was watching it the first time. So if you haven't noticed that, listeners, when you were watching the first time, don't feel bad. Uh, not all of us know how, not all of us connect the sound of a knife coming out of a sheath. <laughs> That is fine. So she is trying to get to Michael, whom we now finally see. And I complained about this when I watched this for the first time and we recorded the special and I'm going to keep complaining about this. What is Michael doing down there? Why is he cleaning the floor with a toothbrush? What is the point of this? Yeah, I, I still have no answers. I don't like it. And I am wondering if we want to put this on Joe and Ildi's list or on Tom's list, because I do want to ask someone, why was Michael mm. there and what was the point and what was the original plan? I think that's <laughs> probably a question for Ildi and Joe. 
Okay. But I also, now that I think about it, I mean, it is not a solution or answer in any way, but I think that they may have not wanted to give him a second life. They just wanted to punish him. Yeah, but that goes literally against what Lucifer says in the finale of the last season, that everyone deserves a second chance. How is that a second chance? I mean, it's still a life. It's, yeah, but it's I not guess. a chance. Yeah. And so I do, I've complained about this in the special. Maybe it was his choice. Maybe Michael rather be in hell. There is nothing to support this information. And so we don't have to go stretching and reaching. But instead, we're just going to have to ask someone because this is extremely frustrating to me. Yeah. So she tries to talk to him, but the demon is being surprisingly helpful because Michael is useless. And that stupid human who shot Lucifer got way closer to killing him than anyone else. And here I have another complaint to make. Mm -hmm. Because that is not true. Malcolm was much closer than Dan. That is true. That is true. Yeah. And so my first thought was Malcolm, not Dan. She meant she means Dan because the new angel goes to Dan and then talks to him and everything. But they straight up forgot about Malcolm. Malcolm literally killed Lucifer and he had to pray to Dad to fix the situation. Oh my god, Lena, that's so five years ago. Yeah. I keep track. I write notes. I know. No, Continuity. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I didn't think of that. And you're you're absolutely right. So this is not a question, but a complaint I'm going to put on the Joe Ildi list. and going to be oh like, my yo, God, <laughs> why? Yo, this. Do you remember this thing that you did five years ago? <laughs> Booyah. Gotcha. This is something that I would like probably bring up during the autographs Fair. because I don't okay. need to do this like with an audience i tend to prefer the hey this and this felt weird and i feel like you guys fucked up something i prefer to do on the face-to-face moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so yeah this is something that i will probably use in my auto session okay sorry (laughs) we're gonna let that one go imagine it as a pencil with your name on it and let it go okay i still haven't seen that So we go to Lux, and Lux means a song, and the song is called Back to You by Felix Sean, Crystal Rock, and Chris One Dutch, which is a DJ thing, I believe. So back to you. I hate this scene. Of course It's so cringy. It's so awkward. The lines are so bad. Deliberately so. I am fully aware that all of this is deliberate, but it still hurts me so much with Carol actually trying to go along with this because he really, really wants a shot with Ella. But you have to admit that his commitment, he really, really, really tries hard. Yes, but it's still cringy as fuck and it's the bad kind of cringe. So also it doesn't work, which thank you, but also ouch. Mm. And then, of course, we get the fucking pun with the PTSD. And so... (laughs) Yeah, Lena was not happy in this episode because we have cringe and we have puns and we have an unhappy Ella. So there is no win for me. It gets better. It's so great. So, yeah, we have that whole failure of connection and Ella walks away and as she's walking away, she runs into Lucifer. Lucifer gives us PTSD. Love, love it. I will say that. So good. I know you love it. You loved it the first time, and you will always love it. I will always love it. 
And the one more thing that I have to add, well, there's a few things. So I kind of love that Lucifer just wants to kind of help Ella as well. At this point, he kind of goes, well, just tell me what you want. Then I made the necessary adjustments. He's not going about it the right way, obviously. He's going about it the Lucifer way. Exactly. Well said. But also Ella is clearly struggling and suffering so much. And it was breaking my heart to see her in this scene. And he tries to find a loophole to be able to help her yes. even within his setting. But I am pretty sure that this doesn't count because if he's helping Carol to help Ella and he cares about Ella, then he doesn't help someone he doesn't care about just to help them. So I'm pretty sure this is the moment where the entire thing already Unravels. becomes invalid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not completely wrong. Just Lucy, He's just so He sweet. tries. And he, he tries. loves her so much and he it just I love the fact that he realizes what's happening notices and tries to act on it which is the face that we are usually missing when it comes to Ella so there's that both of them go to Carol's and I had a short freeze frame frenzy moment in the beginning because there are two kung fu movie posters hanging on the wall as far as I could figure out those are not actual movies. The -hmm. names are Five Fingers of the Dragon and Adventures in Little Tokyo. There are movies with very similar titles, but I could not find the actual posters. And so I think they are props from the art department. Don't go on research mode when we don't have time, girl. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm just like, I feel like I've heard something in a little Tokyo and I couldn't remember the actual name of it. What is it? There's a Kurt Russell movie that has a very similar title. Mm -hmm. And Five Fingers of the Dragon is also very similar to another title. But like I said, Mm. I did my research. I didn't find anything. If any of our listeners know those movies and know actual movies about this, let me know. But aside from these two posters, the poster boy for beige is very accurate and it's a fucking amazing insult and I love it. Is it an insult? Yes, beige is horrible. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Beige is terrible, yeah. You know the beige face masks that people are wearing? That's just one of the most disturbing things that I've ever seen in my life. No? What are That people beige? people get face, ma- face masks in a beige color, white people. Never so it's seen like a that. skin tone. And I've never seen fe- it. It, it just looks like half of your face isn't there. It's very, very creepy. That's Don't awesome. Do I should get that. No. I no. have rainbow masks, so... I know. They have they have the beige ones at the website that I sent you. The Czech company makes the beige ones. And I'm like, no, no, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'll stick with my yellow and, and red and black ones. I have rainbows, so I'm Yay. the best. You are, indeed. So uh, back to the snooping. Ella and Lucifer snoop around the apartment some more. And as Lucifer is like, I'm going to make the bed for you so you can destroy it with Carol or something in that sense, he moves the blanket and they find the trunk. The, the human-sized as he trunk. he calls it human-sized trunk. And I'm like, how does his mind go straight to a human-sized trunk? Mine would too. It's a you put clothes in a chest like that. No. I mean, you, you put wouldn't sex lock toys it. in a chest like that. Why not both? Because you don't need to lock your clothes. I mean, that's what I mean. Minus the lock. Yeah, but it but is like, locked. And so no clothes, yeah, but, but toys. Yeah, well, or drugs. Toys, but, but not a human body. Maybe par- pieces of a human body. Maybe oh it's a God. fancy freezer. Oh my God. Fancy freezer with human body parts at the foot of your bed. Before we get the human-sized trunk, we also get a mention of the fucking non-defined darkness. So, skip! 
but now we have the trunk and don't even remember that yeah I'm hypersensitive about this because I don't like it so much <laughs> fair um, so now we have the trunk and we need to build up some tension so we cut over to Chloe's because Chloe just keeps getting more and more strung out through the progress of this episode that is correct yes so uh, in this scene we get two songs one is at the uh, changing of the scene it's called easy by elected power and then when the fight actually breaks out we get a song by danger twins and it's called (laughs) conquer nice my main issue with this scene is this is not just a red flag this is a ginormous red flag because Chloe is starting a fight inside the space her daughter lives. Mm-hmm. And obviously Trixie isn't home, so Trixie isn't in danger. But wrecking the space your child lives in is extremely problematic. And so this is the final straw, basically, that shows Chloe is not okay. Chloe is severely not okay. And with the focus on the fighting and her wanting to fight and being super, super strong, it now also starts to become very clear that Amenadiel's rod might be relating to this. So maybe she... Maybe she should (laughs) stick with Lucifer's rod and give Amenadiel his rod back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was watching this and I saw Chloe's face when the fight starts and she has this like really intense glare at Maze. And she's like, you know, it's like, come and get it. I will fuck you up. And I recognize this because this is how I get when I get into fights. I'm like, I will fuck you up, bitch. Even the fact that she calls Maze a bitch is yeah. so unchloe like And yeah, absolutely. The, her, her entire vocabulary and, yeah. and behavior, it, everything it all is changes. so off. Like, so the way, because I saw and recognized that facing expression, I was like, but that's not Chloe. This like I I am way not balanced enough to be Chloe. I will like you know our personalities are vastly different. She shouldn't get that way. Yeah, she's never gotten that way. So that was a that was for me. It was like the biggest thing seeing that expression on her face. I was just like, nope, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. There's something very, very wrong here. And we <sighs> leave them in this very unhealthy fight scene, and we go back mm. to Carol's. And I've kept Carol's apartment and the phone call and Fred's apartment all in the same scene because Mm -hmm. it's such a flawless transition. It's beautiful. Obviously, Ella says she has bolt cutters in her car because she's Ella, so we're not surprised. Not at all, no. Lucifer can't be bothered to wait, so he breaks the lock with his hand. And Ella clocks it. She goes, two broken locks in two days. And I'm like, notice it more. In one day. Probably in one day. I don't know why. I thought that I heard two days, to be honest. But uh, if you have heard one day. Huh. Do you think that the drag show was in the evening Mm -hmm. and now it's a new day? Oh, yeah, yeah, we actually had the over over uh, looking the city. It was a night shot, wasn't it? Yeah, no, you're right. It's two broken locks in two days. You're right. Perfect. Regardless, the implications are the same. (laughs) I love that now, okay, we have the trunk open and then they realize, oh, okay, this is like, this is a good bottle, but it's not that good. But ah, okay, so he's an alcoholic. And Lucifer, you can see him to be about to open the bottle, which is just like, (laughs) Lucy, no. (laughs) Enough that you broke the fucking lock. 
You don't have to break into a secret alcoholic stash. No, because this bottle most likely is going to have such a symbolic value. And it's like, you can't just replace it with another bottle. So keep your fucking fingers off the alcohol, Lucifer. Seriously. Yeah, that was a great moment. Around this time, we do get a phone call from Carol as well. Best timing. (laughs) It's just incredible. And the fact that Fred actually lived in the same neighborhood, like around the corner from Carol... It's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Amazing. It's really well written. It's really well acted. It's just the coincidence of the situation. It's excellent. Loved it. It's well set up, but I would not be me if I didn't have one issue. Mm-hmm. And that is, why is Carol going by himself? It seems very unsafe. Because usually Chloe and Lucifer were always together when they did their investigating yeah. and everything. And the last time a cop went off to do standard procedure by himself it was Dan and Dan died so maybe don't do your job by yourself yeah yeah I guess but also I'm pretty sure that since this apartment is actually supposed to be empty I don't think that he even I don't care the last time a close police friend of his did his job by himself he got dead So maybe don't. I can hear that you still have PTSD about that. I have Dan TSD. I don't. I can't do puns. Um. So he's there. It's PTSD Dan. Oh, that is good. PTSD Dan. Good. I. I can. I can live with that. No, I can't. No worries. (laughs) So we are in Fred's apartment. And he is being held hostage by Niles. By Niles. And yes. At this moment, I'm like, wait a second. Is Carl actually cute? Like, is he he actually hot? No, he's not hot. He's cute. Not hot, hot. But he's like, this is surprising to me. I didn't think of him that way when I was watching it the first time. He's definitely a hunk, but he doesn't. He's not my type of hunk. Yeah, he doesn't do it for me. But it was just surprising that I actually noticed it because I just... (laughs) She's like, what? Wait a second. When did that happen? And so we get the whole, it was an accident. I'm like, yeah, sure. How do you accidentally stab someone in the neck with a shoe? I mean, come on, Niles. Okay, we realize Niles is Busty's partner. And then we, of course, know that Busty didn't cheat on him. And it's all very, very problematic. And now we have Ella self-identifying with the, oh no, you were not going to be fooled again. And ooh, and it's hard to trust. again. It's uh, it's it's very, very, very cute and sweetly done. But the best thing for me in this moment is the non-verbal communication mm-hmm. with oh, Carol yeah. and Ella, and them looking at each other and the eyes, and then him just mouthing super cop. And because it's they just, talked about this. And yes, it's... but instant connection, and they understand each other, and they don't need more than three seconds to set it up. Oh, I, I love it. it. I absolutely so love it. And it just proves that they're so good together. Yes, and if they go together to crime scenes, then they're not going to die. So please do. <laughs> because that's the most important part. Nobody yes, dies. It, exactly. It is very important that none of our remaining cast dies. First, we need to sort out Dan. <laughs> I don't have high standards. <laughs> Too much on my plate. I need to sort this out first and then we can maybe talk about something else. But no, stop it. Exactly. That is all I have for this really well done scene. It's incredible. We go back over to Chloe's and both Chloe and the apartment look so bad. Yep, they are very broken. And I 
do worry about Chloe, especially since this does not get addressed within this episode. So it's obvious to me she is not fine, but it's also obvious that nobody is actively noticing. Like Mace seems to be catching on a bit, yeah. but I'm not sure if she's going to engage with it, if she's going to tell Lucifer. It's not really Mace's style to meddle. Mm. And so I do worry for Chloe. Yeah. I did literally write down, thank you, Mace, for noticing, but also follow up, please. Jesus, this show. (laughs) Yeah, that is a very, very accurate description of my thought process as well. It's like every single time. It's every single time. It's like, oh, you're not okay. Ah, never mind. You'll be grand. Bye. Yeah, basically. So we'll see how it goes. We go back to Fred's, or rather outside of Fred's. Mm -hmm. And I love that now Carol and Ella are basically coming clean to each other. Yes. Ella and her entire fucking admitting to every single thing that she's done that with But that needs Chloe to be done. Lucifer. It obviously needs to be done, but I just it's just so charming, you know, and she's just like, uh, so I actually did that and broke several laws because I was just unsure and I have PTSD. But it was necessary because if they are going to have any chance, they need to start on a clean slate. Yeah. And I love that Carol is getting a promise from Ella that if she wants to know anything else, she's just going to ask him instead of invade his privacy. Mm -hmm. So this is a very, very nice baseline for the two of them. It is, of course, problematic, but this is still a TV show. We do need some tension and some drama. But given the scope of the show, this is a good place to start. And of course, this is also the moment we have the title drop when Ella says that they do come with buckets of baggage. And now we have a date, which is very, very cute. And they're going to go watch Supercar. This is the moment when I kind of started shipping them. (laughs) And I think as such, we should give them a ship name. And I have a suggestion for Ella and Carol. Is it Errol? Errol. Errol. Because it's a thing, right? Errol is a thing. I think it's Errol with double L at the end. But you don't like it. It doesn't feel like I I want something more playful for the two of them. Do we have a second name for Carol? Detective? You just looked it up earlier. I know, I closed it because... Carbet or something. (laughs) Corbett, yeah. And what is Ella's last name? Ella... Jeez. <laughs> Questions. Hey, we're having a podcast about the show for two years, but we don't know the surnames of our characters. Yay. Uh, obviously, I have known this entire time. It's Ala Lopez. So it's Corbett and Lopez. Yes. Lobet. <laughs> Corbett. <laughs> I don't know. I need to think about it. Yes, I want a shipping name, but we need to think about it. Lucifer also needs to think about it because he is watching them creepily from the side. That he is, yeah. (laughs) And he smiles and then he loses his smile as he seems to realize something. And of course, he ended up caring about Carol and blah, blah, blah. So didn't work. Shame. But him standing at the corner looking at them creepily was very odd Lucifer. But also very Lucifer, so it was... It was great. Hilarious to me. It was so good. Yeah. Now it's time to develop our other thing happening this episode, and that is back in hell. Yeah. We go back into Dan's hell loop. And he's playing by himself. I know fucking what's his face. Uh, Belius, I think, was the Belius demon. left him behind. Blech. And so he's playing, the new angel shows up, and she is so angry. It is absolutely hilarious to me. 
She is so angry all the time. And with the clothing and everything, like she is, she is such a fucking emo. She and I love it. Like I'm here for incredibly it. Incredibly emo. It's great. I can relate so much because I went through my whole goth angry face and everything. So I'm like, yes, I know what this feels like. You grow out of it, but it, I still know what it feels like. And, oh my God. I was so angry when people told me back then that I would grow out of it, but mm, I kind of did. I so. know. This is me. <laughs> This is me forever. People don't change. Yeah. 14-year-old me, I know exactly who I am and I'm all figured out. You adults have no idea. Like, hey. Okay. <laughs> oh my it's... God, teenagers are horrible. <laughs> Gosh, yes, we were. Uh, okay, sorry. Let's leave teenagers behind for a second. And I just want to point out that uh, Brianna's voice is absolutely incredible. I love her diction. <sighs> This yes. is something that I've noticed when I, fr- I first saw her on uh, I first saw her on uh, Deadpool and her diction already then was absolutely incredible and the way she kind of works her voice and the way she delivers lines is it's just on point it's perfection like very little amount of people have that kind of presence when it mm. comes to just speaking voice, and she is one of them. Rachel Miner, by the way, is one of those people as well. Okay. Just the way I haven't she seen creates... Rachel in as many things as I've seen yeah. Brianna, so... Uh, the way Rachel creates sentences and words, it just gives them an impact, and I very much love that about her. Okay. So I noticed that Dan is apparently working on a list of his potential guilts, and that is very smart. I am here for it. So him taking down notes and writing things down. So he is putting in work, which is really, really good. Proud of my boy Dan. He's not just playing ping pong and chilling. No, he is trying to get shit done. Yeah, because that's currently his only way out. And he doesn't know if that's ever going to change. Also, speaking of his only way out, this angel is lying to Dan because Lucifer is trying to find a way to get Dan into heaven, not to get him back to Earth. Exactly. The way they could phrase it is getting him out of hell doesn't necessarily mean getting him into heaven. And that is basically what she is telling him. Like every, every angel can just get you out of hell and fly you up, but to Earth. And that is not the point and so we'll see how it goes but this is so obviously she is not bound to the same standards as lucifer so she is more like michael happily lying and manipulating and Mm. dan Mm. catches on with the hey you're trying to manipulate me so fuck off but now he uh turns very very quickly like okay no i'm gonna play along with you in my opinion now he's trying to play her. It's too quick that he flips. Yeah, she is being very obvious when uh, she is manipulating him. And she's using very cheap tricks. And I think Dan is smarter than that. Yeah, but also if she buys into that, then she isn't very smart. <laughs> so I mean, she's we'll an evil teenager. Goes. She expects everybody to be less smart than she is. And evil and mean and everything. Yeah, she's the smartest person on earth as yeah. far as she's concerned. Pretty much. To me, I don't know how old she is supposed to be, but in my brain currently she is a 14-year-old emo girl. So we'll see exactly. how it continues. Um, also, this is the last moment, but oh my god, Brianna Hildebrand is so pretty. <laughs> she's so pretty. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, but hundred percent. <laughs> she's gorgeous. Like, fuck that shit. Yeah, so that wraps up hell for me. And we go into the penultimate scene in the penthouse. Penultimate in the penthouse, yes. Uh, Yes. So the contractor came by and fixed it. it. 
Even though yeah. we don't actually see much of the penthouse, so we don't know for sure if it's still trashed or not. I mean, it probably, you know, maybe they just fixed some of the bigger features and they still have work to do, so they didn't want to, you know, look around too much. Maybe the cleaning lady just got rid of everything that was lying on yeah, the floor yeah. or something, but just, the walls are still broken. You know, uh, swooped it under the bed. Under the rug, yeah. Straighten the rug! I don't have anything else for this scene. Uh, Yeah, I just kind of appreciate it for a second that they are actually behaving like an actual real couple now. So they have pet names for each other. And it's actually quite sweet that they got to the stage of being confident in the relationship that it's going to last. And it's not this jumping up and down that it has been for a while. Even Mm. after they decided to actually be together, it was still, it was better, but it was still a little bit of trying to feel each other out there. But now they seem to be very comfortable in their relationship. And it's really nice to see that. But they're also not communicating as much as I would like them to. Yeah, because Chloe decides not to share her day. And the fact that she has spent the entire day beating the crap out of Mace. Or maybe Mace beating, rather, Mace beating the crap out of... Her and Mace wrecking her apartment. That is the right description. There we go, yeah. That's probably it. So maybe she just enjoys wrecked apartments now, you know? First she breaks the penthouse, now she breaks the apartment. Okay, I see where you're going with that. So we wrap up this scene and we go to the date. They come out of the cinema. We have horrible puns, which make you Yay! probably extremely happy. Snacky Chan and Popcorny. Oh my God, I was so happy. It's very cute. The entire scene is extremely popcorny because they are incredibly cute with each other. She used it. She used it. She used it in a sentence. Did you hear that? Yes. I can sometimes try to make you happy. And Carol kisses Ella on the cheek and it's very, very adorable. So there's sweetness all around. But of course, this is still Lucifer. So it can't end on a sweet note. It ends with a literal frog falling from the sky and sitting on Ella's car. Yep. And not jumping away. I don't know why. But usually frogs don't just sit there, but it's just sitting there. Are you just going to sit there? So it's a professionally trained frog that is just sitting there. I didn't know you could train frogs to just sit there. (laughs) So that is pretty awesome. Okay, raining frogs. Is that one of the That's one of the plagues. It's one of the plagues. Okay, so uh, in the same episode as Chloe says, well, you know, it's not like the world's ending with no god or anything like that, right? We get... Exactly, that's the point. Frogs raining out of the sky. Great, that's... It's just frog. It's, it's singular. It's just it's one frog. A frog, yes. Mm. She so, rained yeah. down on us. He rained down on us. The frog has rained down on us. The frog has landed. <laughs> the frog has landed. <laughs> I feel like there was just so much that has happened in this episode. I am starting to get genuinely worried for Chloe and the effects of the rod. I am fully enjoying the Carl and Ella thing happening and hope this works out for them because fucking Ella deserves it. I did actually miss Eve in this episode because uh, we do get a mention of the wedding, but you know, I would like to actually see her because she's cool. I am really happy that we got Linda the therapist back, at least for a brief moment. But mainly, mainly, I am intrigued as fuck about this emo angel roaming hell because she seems to be very cool and I say bring it she's already bringing it to me this episode was nice it was nice yeah 
I mean, tons of things are set up for the future, with, of course, the nameless emo angel, Lucifer still struggling to figure out how to be God, Chloe being weird as hell, Mace planning the wedding, and the literal frog falling from the sky. And it's also nice that we get some happy potential for Ella and Carol. But nice isn't what I'm usually looking for. Not just in my life, but also in these episodes. <laughs> and so this episode was somehow lacking in substance for me. And maybe it is because it's setting up so many things for the future that it doesn't have that much substance for itself. That is the only reason I can think of. I'm curious where we're all going with all of the different setups. Because we don't have that many episodes, but we have so many threads now trying to go into different directions. And so we'll see how it goes. That's all I have to say for now. And with this we say thank you for listening. Please find us on our various social media. We love interacting with you, either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards, such as early release, merch and hours of bonus content. Yes. Hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really do help. Or telling all your friends about us because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you! Bye! Bye.